0: Comes from Galatians fifth chapter. We're gonna, we're continuing our sermon series called a series of questions. Last week y'all did why Jesus and this week you're doing why community and we'll continue the sermon series on until next year. So hear the word of God. God speaking to us. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, Brothers, if someone is caught in a sin, you who are spiritual should restore him gently. But watch yourself, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself." Each one should test his own actions. Then he can take pride in himself without comparing himself to somebody else. For each one should carry his own load. Anyone who receives instruction in the word must share all good things with his instructor. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please his sinful nature, from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. This is the word of God.
1: I'm George O'Hyatt, assistant pastor at Christ Central, um, and we are in the middle of a sermon series on um, on community and, and or on, on our vision, uh, a series of questions, really. It's a little bit about vision, a little about what we're all about, things we value. And uh, last week was why Jesus and these build on each other so you can't forget why Jesus when we ask the question why community uh, uh they're 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 tied to each other why community it's really why the community of Jesus um, and you got to kind of keep that in mind as we go through y'all hear me okay is so that my of a buzzing a little bit um so i want to i want to read you something i want to read you something that's in a book called the great divorce um, if you've been if you've hung out with me long enough i'm kind of a cs lewis addict um and so I like to read a lot of his stuff, uh, uh basically because I want to be Anglican, uh, and, and smart, uh, uh but, uh, uh, It is, uh, he says this great fantasy story, and it is a fantasy. It doesn't intend to say anything theological. Um, it's a, is, he basically rides a tour bus through heaven and hell, and you can go in all sorts of different places, and, and he's checking it out, and, uh, he's, he's all over the place, and, uh, it doesn't intend to say anything theological per se in the details. But I want to read something to you, because he's taking the trip, and he gets to the bus depot, uh, at one of the destinations, uh, and he says this. I can't, uh, it's not lewis sorry it's the narrator and he's talking to a friend i can't understand the parts of it that i saw were so em- that i saw were so empty was there once much a larger population not at all said my neighbor the trouble is that they're so quarrelsome as soon as anyone arrives he settles in some street before he's been there 24 hours he quarrels with his neighbor before this week is over or the week is over he's quarreled so badly he decides to move very like Uh, He finds the next street empty because all those people have moved for quarreling with their neighbors and moved. So he settles in. If by chance the street is full, he goes further. But even if he stays, it makes no odds. He's sure to have another quarrel pretty soon, and then he'll move on again. Finally, he'll move right out to the edge of town and build a new house. You see, it's easy here. You only have to think a house, and there it is. That's how the town keeps on growing. Leaving more and more empty streets. That's right. And time's sort of odd here. That place where we caught the bus at a, th- a thousand miles is a thousand miles away. All the people you've met were living near the bus stop, but they'd taken centuries over time to get there by gradual removals. That's right. There are. They have been moving on and on, getting further apart. They're so far off by now that they could never think of coming to the bus stop at all astronomical distances They're a bit of a rising uh, gra- there's a bit of a gr- rising ground near where i live and a chap has a telescope you can see the lights of the inhabited houses where there's old ones where the old ones live millions of miles away millions of miles from us and from one another every now and then they move further still the stop is hell Lewis's picture of hell and a great divorce is, uh, is uh, or of a picture of what we might have hell feel like is, uh, is a place where we're not together. It is complete isolation. It is when uh, we are so quarrelsome uh, that we can't stand being with each other and we move and pick. the only thing that grows is the distances between each other. And we keep pushing further and further out, further and further away. The, ser- the question today is why community? Why do we connect with each other? And um, and I think it's a telling and hard question for us to ask. I think it's a really important question because there's all sorts of talk of community in our day and age and what that means. Uh, but I really think there's so little of it. We like watching community, but we don't like being community. We like watching friends, if you will, uh, but we don't like being friends. A passage today in Galatians is this incredible passage. It talks about what it is to be community, what the expectations are, how we're supposed to live in it. Um, uh, it is a passage that, that, that describes the content of community that uh, only can come from Jesus. Uh, I want to say that when I say community, I just want to kind of give a, uh, a general... Uh, Uh, A statement of definition When I talk about community here And if I'm going to talk about community from the scripture There's no way to talk about it outside Of Jesus being the center of that community Um, uh, There's no way to talk about community From the Bible without it being biblical community Or community that's based around Jesus And so I just want to kind of have that as a definition So when I say community you understand the Centrality of Christ in the community Which is the Why Jesus sermon um, From last week Um, But here's what it is the Christian community, or Christ's community, in Galatians five here is 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 also building these houses, but uh, or building a house. It's a shelter, away, uh, not away from each other, but away from this kind of isolation, away from this tyranny of of self-rule that we have, where it's us and us alone, and this kind of lone ranger mentality. Uh, it is a it is a shelter that God creates. A community, a house of priests, as Second Peter says. Uh, that is what uh, is happening in Christian community. That's what's happening uh, the community of the followers of Christ. Um, in order to talk about the shelter, we need to talk about what, uh, what further it is that it, it, is, is, it is a shelter from, and what is a shelter to. That, but we need to start at the end. Uh, in verse 7 and 8, you get this picture of um, the problem of, of being alone of being alone with yourself and doing the desires of your own heart. Look at 7 with me um, toward the end of the passages we have there. Uh, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The man who sows to please his sinful nature, from that nature will reap destruction. Now, see that here. The man who sows to please his own sinful nature, from that nature, from himself, will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. This shelter is a shelter from uh, the sinful self-rule that we have in our lives. Why community? Because it takes us out of our solitude, which is typically uh, a solitude around our sinful nature, which is a reign of of terror on ourselves by ourselves. To pursue a, uh, uh, to pursue yourself apart from uh, community uh, is to to lead to a path that re- that, that you reap uh, a destruction, or you sow and reap destruction. It's a, it's a tough thing. If you look at the comparison of those two things of reaping and sowing, if you're by yourself, working by yourself in your sinful nature, you reap destruction at your, at your own hand. If you seek another, if you sow into another, in this case, the Spirit, if you are in community with another in this place, in this sense, God, but in the context of this whole passage, each other, then you sow everlasting life, reap eternal life. Now I'm not trying to say self is not important. I'm not telling you not to brush your teeth. Amen. That's right. I am telling you self-rule is destructive. Self is important, but it needs to be ruled by another and ruled in submission to God and each other. Self is important. It just doesn't. It's it's destructive when you rule it. Your when, when you're the when it rules when it has author, ultimate authority. We live in a world that's convinced of a self-made man. We use that term as if that person had no mama. If that person didn't have any friends or teachers. We use those terms like Lone Ranger. We think that's somehow better. And it is not. It's destructive. And I want to kind of give you a theological aside on this. Is that, is that you understand that, that being alone is not normal or normative for any part of humanity. You understand that God is in fact a Trinity. You understand that God is in fact community. That He and His persons relies on, submits to, um uh, uh works with each other. I know it's hard to you know put your head around I'm, I, me too, but God is community. And as us as image bearers of God, uh in Genesis two Genesis one and two, we bear the image male and female. We bear the image. We bear the image as community. We are meant to be together. There is nothing noble about doing it on your own. There's nothing noble about doing it on your own uh, 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 without any reliance on another person. Because self-reign is destructive. Let me read you from one of my other favorite guys I like to read is Dietrich Bonhoeffer. He says, sin demands to have a man by himself. It withdraws him from the community. The more isolated a person is, the more destructive will be the power of sin over him. And the more deeply he becomes involved in it, the more disastrous is his isolation. Sin wants to remain unknown. It shuns the light. In the darkness of the unexpressed, it poisons the whole being of a person. This can happen even in the midst of the most pious, or probably a better term, holy, of communities. I believed, and still fight believing, the tyranny of self-rule, and I'm looking for the Christian community to help me have a shelter from it. In college, I uh, had a cavity, uh, and it was uh, further um, uh, injured by re- a wrestling injury where it was further broken, and I experienced such. Um, the where I went to school was a pretty, pretty uh, omnicompetent place, so um you kind of had all your had to have all your stuff together um and i experienced that so oppressively and powerfully and i felt so much shame about the fact that i didn't in fact brush my teeth enough if you would i had a cavity um uh and i had an injury that i never actually told anybody i didn't tell my mom i didn't tell my friends i didn't tell my dad it's all complicated cuz i didn't have a dentist so cuz i had military coverage and so i'd have to go to fort jackson or fort um uh, Fort, um, what's the one in Fayetteville, Bragg. Fort Bragg, and who wants to go to Fort Bragg or Fort Jackson for any reason whatsoever? Uh, and so, you know, I didn't want to do that. No offense for you those who live in Columbia or Fayetteville, um, but uh, but I just let it go. I let it go, shamed and trying to forget it, pretend it wasn't there, never ready or willing to tell somebody. And guess what happens to a cavity unkept, unca- cared for for three years? I even brush my teeth real hard all the time so I didn't get any more. Senior year, emergency root canal. It's, I mean, I feel shame telling you now. But I feel shame not so much that I had the cavity and I was weak and broken or whatever it was or whatever happened with the injury as well. I feel more shame because I so believed the lie and the tyranny of the self-rule that I had to have it together that I couldn't rely on friends and family and church members and and mom and dad, that I had to so keep it together. Community. Why community? Because it frees you from the tyranny of this self-rule. The tyranny of self-rule is a lie. It is a lie from hell itself. It is one of the most destructive things our enemy puts before us. It is the one of the most powerful things in our national myth, if you will. We're the only culture that has something like the Lone Ranger and likes it. <laughs> Nobody thinks like that. The frontiersman on his own is an American phenomenon. And we hold it and buy into it with everything in our kind of emotional categories. We love it. And it's a lie. It's not community and we're not made with it. No Lone Ranger's. No autonomy. No life without submission to your friends. Jesus made you for so much more. Look at how that passage part that ends uh, in 9 and 10. Let us not become weary in doing good. For, all, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially those who to to belong family of believers or to those who who belong to the family of believers let us not become weary of doing good it is not just a freedom or a shelter from the tyranny of self rule it is a shelter to a community of goodness an experience of of love and peace and goodness that we would have it is us uh being transformed by jesus uh into a people who would care for each other from the madness of self-rule to the goodness of Christ's rule over His community. And look at uh, what the first part of our, uh, of the section you have in verse 22 of chapter 5 says. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Jesus' is creation of a culture of goodness. Jesus produces a community whose fruit is all these things. It's the solution to the tyranny of self-rule is to have this community that uh, is formed, uh, that is good to each other. And good is such a shallow word unless you think about it a little bit more and fill it up with the meaning of these fruit of the Spirit and so many things. That is what we want and that is where freedom would be. Can you imagine it? Can you imagine why community and community like this, the beauty of such a shelter? Do you realize what we're called to? Christ's central do you realize why we, call, we, we keep calling you to authentic relationships? It's so that we would have a good community, a community of goodness even better, a community of goodness to run to, a place, a shelter uh, for the fools and weaklings to be attended to with kindness, fruit of the Spirit, a shelter for the, lion, for the violent to learn peace and patience, a shelter for the addicted, addicted to find joy and self-control, a shelter for the neglected and shunned to find love. A shelter filled with objects of God's goodness and affection. This is what He is creating in us. I want to be clear. This is a derived goodness. We already just admitted that we didn't have the goodness in ourselves to make it happen. This is the goodness that the Lord is creating in his community, for which he reigns and which and, and of which he rules and fuels. Uh, uh, it fuels its existence into being. It involves our submission. But remember, the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit whose source is the Spirit. You can't muster the stuff that you're ta- that I'm talking about. It's something that ex- exists as we rely on the Lord. But this is not just a shelter of... Uh, of uh, it, 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 well, the rest of the sermon, what I want to do is kind of just talk about what characterizes this shelter. What's it about? and how it might kind of work out in our lives and what and what, and what we do. The shelter of goodness from the shelter of this tyranny of self-rule. And the passage really helps us here because it gives us a, a kind of a framework for understanding of it. It gives us, uh, it describes, if you will, it doesn't use the metaphor shelter, that's mine, but a, a support network, a support shelter, if you will. And you see it in, um, in the first verse. Uh, and as we go through, I just want you to, I want you to dream. I want you to dream how this might... Uh, connect with you and what you're about and what Christ Central would be um, if you're visiting here. I hope that it it, it opens your longings for your own uh, uh families and lives that you would long for further and greater community uh and that you would long for a kind of community that Jesus would would call to call us to or create with all this goodness that exists. It's a support shelter. Look at verse one in chapter six. Brothers, if someone is caught in a sin, you who are spiritual should restore him gently. But watch yourself, or you also may be tempted. Why community? Because we can get caught in sin. Because we can get caught. Now, here's the deal with caught. Uh, uh, The best translation of caught here is not caught in the I got exposed, caught red-handed. Caught in this translation is best understood as caught as in ensnared. Caught as in trapped. So, what you, best way to hear this kind of um, uh, a passage is to say, for those of you who are trapped and oppressed and 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 stuck in sinful actions, for those of you who see that, go to your brothers and help them, help them, and restore them gently. Scripture says that if you know someone trapped in a sinful addiction, whether it's money or crack or status or hatred or liquor or whatever it be, uh, gambling or power, whatever it is, that you would come to them and what? Beat them? No, you'd come to them and bring restoration. You'd come to them in strength and uh, in power and come to them well with a, with a significant effort, deliberate as you will, but not just come to them deliberately moving in strength. But also in love and in gentleness, to to come to to confront someone and to confront them gently. You see, we need this shelter, this support shelter uh, that uh, that 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 helps us and supports us when we're stuck. This this way in which that people will pull us out um, uh, of the ways that we're caught in sin. And the scripture is so smart. Because it knows that if one of us starts becoming the sin police in our midst, he knows that there's people who will want, us to want to do that, that we'll start being Holy Spirit for everybody. You know what? I think I'm the more spiritually mature, so I'm going to go around to each of you and tell you where you're trapped in your sin, and I'd like to do that for you. It's my service to this community. That's Thank you very much. That's what I do. And what does it say? But watch yourself. Or you also may be tempted. Tempted in which ways? Well, tempted in the very uh, sin that you're trying to get people trapped out of. And tempted in what other ways? That you would be so arrogant as not to think that you're not caught too. There's no situation where we're not both caught and uh, supporter. There's no situation where we're not caught and restorer. We're all those things. We're all those things. Why community? Because we're so entangled in sin that uh, that that we need someone to pull us out. And even when we're pulling somebody out, we need someone to help us pull us out. We're so entangled in sin, we need each other. Even when we're trying to be helpful, we're entangled in sin. I had a friend in seminary who was uh, uh, caught in a sin that was semi-public. Caught in, and uh, I mean that in the. First definition, not the exposed definition, but the entrapped. And uh, his roommate uh, heard kind of his confession, heard what had happened, and uh, that friend was uh, was just uh, uh, my, my friend was is was just really great. He's awesome. He's gifted. He's wonderful. He's uh, you would look at him and say the spiritually more mature. He's uh, able, can preach just an incredible person uh the person who he confessed to isn't his uh you know at first glance um impressive um is kind of bookish and uh not a great teacher and in seminary I, I mean you know everybody's got their own subcultural values that's the only thing that matters is how smart you are and how well you can say you're smart in seminary it's not good uh uh and uh, and so you know he was kind of the weaker of them, uh, but uh, but the one who was my friend kind of you know told him, and the guy and the and and the roommate said, yeah you're stuck, you're going to need to go tell the authority which is the president at that point, you're going to need to go tell him what's happened here, and he he said and I know you don't want to do it, but you're going to have to tell him, and I'm going to go with you. But if you see a brother caught in sin, restore him gently and watch out. Or you might be tempted as well. Man, one of my chief prayers is that Christ Central would get this right. That we would be people who would see each other and not in judgment and anger and frustration, but in love and mercy and gentleness. Come to each other and say, brother, sister, I see you here. I see that you need help. It's okay. I'm going to need help too next week. (laughs) But can I help you? And can I do it gently? And as I'm doing it, pray for me because I'm going to be tempted And the very thing I'm confronting you on. So please, let's rely on each other on our way out of this mess. Boy, I pray that we could do that. That we would be so hum- so, uh, uh, so humbled by our Lord and so open and honest with each other that we could do that. And so trusting each other, we can do that. That we would be able to pull each other and support each other out of our sin. The funny thing though, is, though, is that community is not just needed because we're sinful. Community is needed just because we're finite, that we're limited, that we're human beings. I told you we were created to need each other because we're needy of each other. And not just that. People have injured us. We're not only sinners. We are people sinned against, victims, if you will. And so the next verse is there for us. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ Why community? Not just because we're sinners, but because we're weak and limited. And because we're victims who've been sinned against. Why community? Because you need to tell your story to someone. Someone needs to know you. Someone needs to hear what what you've struggled with, what you've been about. Someone needs to know when you're weak and when you can't do this or can do that. Someone needs to be able to carry your burdens. And you need to be able to carry somebody else's burdens. This burden bearing is so is so integral to what we were trying to set up here at Christ Central, what we want to be about, what we have a vision for. It's it's why we have two pastors starting a church plan. Nobody does that. This is what we wanted to be. We wanted to be community. We wanted to have to rely on each other. And you might say nobody does that, maybe because most, you know, there are people who do this are actually more mature than Pastor Howard and me and can handle a lot more. And okay. That's the case. We need each other. We need each other bad. I missed him. All ten days I didn't see him. I was like, man, I don't know what to do. What should I do? I can't handle the weight of this church. And not just that, we go and meet monthly with two friends that are elders uh, of another church. And then we meet with our oversight commission just in case we need some help there too. This is why we want to create every single ministry we have. We're trying to create team in it that we want people to rely on each other not only can we not handle the burdens of of the church responsibilities we can't handle the burdens of our families without each other we can't handle the burdens of children's ministry without each other we can't handle the burdens of setting up this stuff without each other we need each other it is a it, we are a, we are a lot that is created to need to with a with a, a puzzle piece of each other that needs to be fit that is what we're to be about. That's what we have to be about. Or we live in this isolated mess and we live out from under the shelter that the Lord's created us to help us so that we might carry each other's burdens and therefore fulfill the law of Christ. Why community? Because we sin, but because also we are limited and because we've been sinned against. Brothers There's, there's some people, friends, there's some people who've got, who've been hurt in such a way And feel so much shame about the way they've been injured. Not even uh, an experience that they're responsible for. And they've never been able to tell anyone. I urge you. I'm not telling you to do it willy-nilly with someone you don't trust. But I urge you to be a community that that trust can be meted out and those stories can be told. We have got to be known so that we can come and not live under the tyranny of the self-rule that we all are so apt to do that we can live and live in this shelter of support and goodness that we're called to and that Jesus is creating in us. Another writer says, God has willed that we should seek and find His living Word in the witness of a brother in the mouth of a man. Therefore, the Christian needs another Christian who speaks God's Word to him. He needs him again and again when he becomes uncertain and discouraged. For by himself, he cannot cannot help himself without belying the truth. He needs his brother uh, as, a, as a bearer and proclaimer of the divine word of salvation. The Christ in his own heart is weaker t- at times than the Christ in the word of his brother. His own heart is uncertain and his brother's is sure. This is normal. This is right. This is what we're supposed to do for each other. Rely on and carry each other along. There's something else, though. It's not just this kind of wonderful support structure that we're being called to. But the Bible assumes we're a little crazy. I don't know if you, you noticed uh, some of those verses uh, that, that we had read, but the Bible assumes that, that we may not see reality like we think we see reality. Look at verse 26. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. The Bible assumes you can be be you can be, uh, have a misperception of yourself. Assumes you can think you're the man when in fact you're not the man. But look even further in verse 3. If anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. This is a legitimate option for all human beings. That we think we got it going on when we don't have it going on. This is why we love the first three episodes of American Idol. Is it not? Because people get up there knowing they can sing and dance and sing and dance together. and they cannot. And world-renowned experts in the industry are telling them no and they're going, they don't know what they're talking about. They don't understand. I mean you could just put that as a subscript of the first three things three episodes. If anyone thinks himself is something when he's nothing, he deceives himself. I mean you can't get much more modern than that, even though it's 2,000 years old. Do you remember? You maybe not. you may not watch American Idol, but I do. And uh, and uh, there was one guy. He's related to somebody famous. It's like Gladys Knight or something like that. I don't remember um, who was it. Go ahead, Tony Braxton. Oh, even worse. He's he. Because she, she should. Oh gosh, I'm so mad at Tony for not loving her kinfolk better. Um, but uh, but he got up there and uh, and just knew he was he had it going on. And he was he was near terrible, but the worst part about it was that he was so convinced that he was good. I don't know if he thought genetics automatically happened, but um, but then it turned for it turned worse because as he kept talking, you got, you realized that it's not funny anymore. I don't know if you had that experience when watching this guy, but it wasn't funny. He was so self-deceived. You could tell. I'm like I was I was. I was fearful for his safety about how he actually operates in the world. He was, he so could not see himself. And Tony didn't love him so much that she didn't tell him. No, I don't know if it was Tony's fault, but, uh, but, but that, that he so didn't listen to and hear community that he couldn't see himself. And I say that because the Bible assumes we're in that kind of camp. That it's actually, uh, neurotic. That we are, sh- That we are, spiritually speaking, schizophrenic. I don't mean multiple personality disorder. I mean hallucinating schizophrenics. I mean that we hear voices. They'll hear voices that aren't true. We hear and see images that aren't true. We experience uh, personal, uh, mental, and personal disorders uh, that have anxiety and other things like that. And I, I both mean this literally and figuratively at this point, um, both spiritually and kind of holistically. Uh, that that is what we do. And you know how people are healed uh, of, of of hallucinations and voices they heard. Well, medication is a huge help. You'll never hear me dock medication, right? Uh, Dr. Valder over there, Odette. There you go. Uh, no medica- med- Medicaid. medicate. Let's do it. But one of the main ways you do it also. <laughs> me- but you know what Dr. Valder said to me the other day? You know how people heal most in, the, in these things? With the medication, that they also have community. So that then when they're listening and hearing the voices that are not true, they can turn to a friend and say, Friend, this is what I heard. Is it right? when they're seeing images of things that are not there or they're not sure they're not there, they can turn to a friend and say, Friend, community, please, am I seeing rightly? That sounds like a Christian. That's what we do. You understand that day in and day out, we hear voices that say, Money's security. And if we don't have someone looking over our shoulder and we don't say, Hey, I'm thinking that's kind of true. And we don't have someone say, that's a lie. Don't worry, I believed it last week. I'll probably believe it next week. That's a lie. If we don't have delusions of grandeur that uh, two cars uh, uh, and 2.1 kids, I don't know, it's 2.1, car, 2.1 kids, cars, the dog, all that stuff, is it or it's nothing. If we don't have singles uh, reminding us how beautiful single life is, <laughs> if we don't have marrieds reminding us how beautiful single life is, and vice versa. If we can't talk to each other, if we can't see it, if we can't remember, uh, the beauty of what it means to be, uh, 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 uh of, of, really knowing where we are and knowing what's going on, I'm convinced that if we do things like, at Christ Central and other places, if we do things like show each other our budgets, not out of shame, but out of, hey, I'm just trying to work this thing out. Can I see clearly? And if we can restore each other... Look, everybody's going to get mad at each other. I'm not trying to say that's not going to happen. But I really trust that Jesus' goodness will move out. We show each other our budgets. We show each other the things we dream about. That we tell each other the stories. And we don't just go, and that's what I'm going to do. But we go, hey, I might not be right here. This is what I hope for. Help me. Help me. Look, if there are two of you arguing, get a third person. If you're convinced that you are right... Get a second opinion. We need to see more clearly and we can't see on our own. We are spiritually hallucinating all the time. We hear voices that are not true and right and good. It is our lot uh, since the fall and it's a bewildering experience. But I want to let you watch how the scripture kind of keeps moving on. Um, I understand that this is going to take a level of, of, of giving yourself to another. I'm not trying to say it's not a risk. Please do not hear me say that. But as we build trust, as we create an atmosphere of that, I want it, I want some, I, I really think the, the scripture is calling us to something really beautiful happening here. Because as you read the, the passage and it moves on, um, it, it, it's really quite amazing. After verse 2 and 3, uh, if anyone thinks he's something when he's nothing, he deceives himself. And then in 4, each one should test his own actions. Then he can take pride in himself without comparing himself to somebody else. For each one should carry his own load. Look at what that kind of community and, and load bearing or burden bearing and carrying the sin and reaching and pulling people out of, of, uh, of sin does. When you carry someone's burden, the fruit of that ends up being people being able to know themselves more clearly and actually producing dignity in that person so that they can carry their own burdens you realize what's happened here it started off with carry each other's burdens and it ended up with carry your own burdens isn't that wild now I love it because it's cyclical because it's going to keep going back around and around again this is actually a letter that was probably read over and over and over again so whatever side of the coin you're on it, uh, is, uh, is is in question depending on what your circumstances are and I want to hear you that I want to make sure you understand that the burdens that are you're carrying on your own are not independent from community because you're going to be a burden bearer in a little bit you're carrying your own for a while and you're doing that so that you as an active community can re- re-enter your community and use those resources and use those uh, 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 that experience uh, to, to heal your community look, healed people make the best healers People whose burdens have been born are the best burden bearers boy, that was tough that's what it is that's what we're called to and it doesn't mean you're ever permanently in either camp because every situation we run through whether it's sex money uh, pride anger whatever it is we're all going to be somewhere on the di- at, a, at a different place and we need help so we're always kind of flipping and and, and working this out now i want to i want to end by saying this we don't just want to be able to see ourselves more clearly both our kind of sin and... And, and, and help with the voices. We don't want to just see ourselves more clearly with the dignity that we're being called to. The other thing we see, more clearly, is Jesus's centrality to this community. I don't know if you can look at your um, your bulletin inserts, but how many times God is mentioned in the middle of this community and the thing he's talking about. First, it's the source of the Spirit and, uh, in the first verse you have before you in 22. And then he says that those who belong to Christ Jesus, have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and its desires. And then he says, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in touch with the Spirit. And then he says that we will fulfill the law of Christ. And he talks about God not being mocked in the creation of this community. And that we sow to please the Spirit. And it's the Spirit's work that actually uh, produces the eternal life. This is last week's sermon. It's why community? Well, because of all these great things. Why all those great things? Because of Jesus. Jesus is the one that's forming all these things after His own image. He is the one that's forming these things for us. He is the source of all these things. Look, y'all going to look over each other's budgets, hopefully, and you're going to get mad at each other, and you're going to judge each other, and you're going to need Jesus again. And you're going to be caught in arrogance. You thought you were just caught in financial struggles, but now you're caught in arrogance too. And then we'll turn to Jesus and to each other again as He creates a further and deeper and truer community. There is a um, a feedback loop that is always back to Jesus. It's always back to Him who's the creator and source of all these things. We go out there, we risk. We may risk and it go really well, and thank God it does. And then we risk and we may tell somebody part of our story and they may leave us hanging in neglect. And we're going to need Jesus to be the balm for us. And we're going to need each other to talk through that. And then we may give a, uh, tell somebody a sin and they may run away from us because they can't handle it. They can't handle what it is. Or they may sit and judge us for months. And we're going to have to risk there too. We're going to have to risk there too. And guess who will be the hero of this community? It will not be our goodness, but the fact that He is the producer and creator of the fruit of the Spirit that may exist between us. He will be the one who forgives. He is the one that will destroy our desires to be self-reliant. He is the one that will uh, that will will will, will um, be the center and the the one that uh, is known for what exists. If we're to be anything uh, like this shelter that He's called us to, about uh, three weeks ago. <laughs> I really don't. I'm no, I usually don't mind these things, but. I do now. Uh, About three weeks ago, um, my tooth started hurting again. (laughs) Um, uh, An old filling, about a 20-year-old filling, was old metal, and in my mind, metal and military dentist filling came out, was coming out, it broke. In not three years this time, but three days, it took me to tell anybody. Again, still fighting off this self-rule, this self-importance. This I can't be so neglectful and uh, and so feeling disgusting. I don't know what that's like for you if you have these secrets where you feel uh, shame and, and 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 you tell yourself lies. But when I happened, all I could feel was fat. It doesn't make sense, but all I could feel was heavy and gross. All I could feel was no one can know me or love me like this. I mean, it's a broken feeling from 20 years ago, and that's all I could experience. And I sat on it for three days, hearing the voices, seeing the visions. I'm like, man, I can work this out. I mean, I know I just you know bit off a big chunk of metal out of my mouth, but it'll be all right. And then I got to the dentist, and it was about $1,500. And then I went, see, I I bought too much house. I can't afford it. My budget's messed up. Everything's wrong. I'm, I'm just, it's all terrible. This is what I'm feeling inside. I know you know I'm crazy. And guess what? I am crazy. I'm real crazy. And so are you. Because you got demons that t- you believe. You got words that you hear. You got sights that you see. I told my wife, and she was gracious and wonderful, so I'll just go get it fixed. Well, we don't have the money. We got a credit card? Well,. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> you know? Okay. I told Pastor Howard, and he's like, yeah, it's okay. You're, it's okay, ma'am, it's good. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll be alright. Um, you really felt, you, is that how you spiraled? And this was all happening during a time when the, fin- the finances in the church were a little bit quirky, and I felt like that was all my fault. And I had to tell, I had to sit down to Howard and I said, I just need you to listen to me for a second, because this is what goes on in my head. And I just finished, and he goes, and, I, and you, you know, you kind of talk yourself out of crazy. You know, you just had to say it. And you're like, well, that's nuts. <laughs> and just being a voice to me, and he, could, and he looked at me and he goes, you are in fact correct, that is nuts. <laughs> and, and what is tacit in that is, it, you're nuts, and please preach for us the next two weeks. You're nuts, and I love you your nuts and come out of the shelter of self-reliance and come into the shelter of goodness that our lord is producing come into community and walk freely with broken tooth fixed tooth whatever you got broke rich come come to the shelter of god's goodness let's pray jesus We hear so much that is not true. Please be louder. Please be louder. Please be a a truer vision. Be our vision. Please be uh, one who we can rely on. But not just you. You didn't make us for just you. You made us for you and each other. So I beg you, Lord, that we would be that for each other that we would actually be able to speak the words of salvation to each other, that we would be people who both had the courage and the humility to walk into each other's lives and speak God's truth. Would you make us a community of your goodness? We ask in your name, for your sake and for our good. Amen.